Hey everybody, it's Michelangelo Caruso. I'm on with my good pal Sam Abu Hamdan today. How are you, Sam? I'm doing well. How are you, Mike? And when I ask Sam how he's doing, I mean it, man, because this guy is just now coming back from a devil called COVID-19. Yep. Uh, I, when I found out you were sick, I, I of course wanted to wish you uh, and did wish you and the family the best. And I'm so glad we get a chance to talk online here because I think a lot of people misunderstand how this uh, illness comes on. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about how it manifests. manifests. And then now we're having challenges with the uh, political ramifications and the economic ramifications. And we're kind of forgetting about the actual pain of going through this. And, and so I'm glad you're with us today to kind of take us through this. Thank you, Michael. Glad to be here. Thank you. Before we get started, everybody, if you have comments or you want to share this video, you're welcome to. Uh, I have the good fortune of interviewing interesting people like Sam on this YouTube channel. You want to subscribe to the channel and ring that silver bell to be notified of new videos. And let's get the word out about COVID-19 and what this means to society. And let's do better with it next time. I haven't met a single person, Sam, that, that um, hasn't thought we could have done something a little bit uh, better. Uh, this is called the novel coronavirus. Novel means new. And a lot of people don't know this. When we say COVID-19, it's not the 19th iteration or the 19th version of it. It's called 19 because it was discovered in 2019. That's right. right? Yep. Uh, walk us through your illness, man. How did it happen? What? Uh, now, now, just for the calendar's sake, this is uh, April um, uh, 16th. It's a Thursday. When did you first notice symptoms? Take us back. So um, I got to look up my, up my calendar to, to remember that now, but I, I, can, um, I can tell you it on the 13th of March, uh, three days after we discovered the first two cases in, in the state of Michigan, uh, we decided to shut down the office and send everybody home. So Friday the 13th, they, um, we, we decided to, um, we, we announced it. I said, don't come back to work on Monday, go home and, uh, and uh, wait until further notice. Right. Um, the 14th, like everybody else uh, during that time in Michigan, probably had, had decided to go out and just make sure that they overstock on, on groceries and everything. So, so I did that, and I, that's where I, I think I probably most likely have, have gotten the virus because I went to like three different places that day, and every single one I went to was, was overcrowded. Uh, nobody was wearing masks at that time. That was March 14th. Um, and I, I, I think, I mean, I was trying to take precautions and wipe down my my, my cart, um, making sure that I don't touch a whole lot of things. Um, but you know, it's in crowded places. You never know. Right. Uh, the, that whole week after that, starting the, the 16th on, I think the 16th at night, that's when in Michigan governor Whit Whitmer had, uh, uh, issued the executive order for the shelter in, in place. And, uh, Everybody was was at home anyway, so I we we never left home. Um, so I did not see symptoms until the Saturday after. So that would have been the twenty first, twenty first of March, 
that's when I kind of started feeling some some um, body aches. Uh, checked my temperature. It, it was um, a little, uh, little kind of like what you call a, a low grade temperature, right? It was nine nine point five under. Yeah. But uh, but the body aches uh, were were terrible. Sunday I spent most of the day sleeping. I just like didn't have the energy. Uh, my my body aches were so much. Um, uh, the the painful. Uh, Monday I felt little better. Uh, Tuesday I felt uh, okay. Wednesday just came back and I just like felt the lack of energy. And uh, it was, uh, I said, I'd better go and check it. So I went to my doctor's here, my uh, clinic, our uh, family doctor that we usually go to. And um, the doctor said, uh, I think you have it. Now, said, he said, I think this is before a test. Correct. That's just first, uh, first visit to the doctor. But everything I've heard you, and I'm no doctor, but everything you, and this is, this is important because a lot of people trying to self-diagnose and uh, uh, guess at what's really happening here. And that's been the whole thing. Can you, can you get tested? And, and not for nothing, once you get tested, there is no real regime for this. It's just knowing that you're infected, you stay home, which I think is why, what the magic of the shelter at home anyway is that we're going to treat everybody like they have it. Exactly. So when exactly. the doctor said, I think you have it, it's okay if he's wrong about that because everybody's going to have to act kind of the same way anyway. But you must have said something to him. Her. You, yeah. It, it was a, 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 her, a female doctor. But, uh, but she, she, said, um, she said based on the symptoms that I, yeah, I described to her, that's what, uh, what she, she said. She, she thinks uh, I had it. So she, she examined me um, at, at that point and she said, I'll send you to the urgent care. Um, I, I think they, they said you might not qualify to be tested. If you remember, those were the early days where we didn't have enough test kits. And she said, but, uh, but maybe they will. So she called them right from her office and she described the situation and my age. She said, "I don't have any underlying, uh, you know, reason, but but uh, but she felt like I, I should be tested." How old so, are you, Sam? Remind us. Fifty-five. And by the way, when he mentioned the governor, uh, we are in Michigan, everybody. So our governor is Gretchen uh, Whitmer. Uh, she's been in the news a lot lately. We'll get to that in a minute. But all the states have handled this kind of differently. South Dakota still does not have a shelter at home. Uh, even though this uh, pork plant was shut down a couple days ago, um, it produces 5% of the pork, but they had had an, um, a, did you hear about this? A high ratio of employees that were sick. A hundred, yeah. So they like, created this hotspot just within their own uh, company. Yes. And even though the state didn't have a, a, a shutdown policy for the state, the mayor lobbied the company to shut down. A bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Continue with your story. I'm interested. And before we do, um, we all know that by now COVID is a respiratory ailment. Why the aches and pains? I've been reading about this, but I don't know, medically speaking, why it causes aches and pains in the joints and stuff. I'm, I'm not a doctor either, uh, but I, 
uh, I believe it's just the, the it's it's a a flu-like type virus, and it um, that's just one of the symptoms. And the interesting thing is, is actually it, it affects people differently. From what I heard, and people that I've talked to, and my doctor, uh, it, it just different people kind of have different symptoms, which is kind of tricky, and it, it makes the the medical diagnosis is harder too. So there's a lot of um, uh, kind of like guess guess game, right? Unless you get tested, even with with tests. I mean, I I have a friend of mine that um, I just heard this week that uh, she got tested, um, and she's showing symptoms like mine, and her test came back negative, and uh, apparently. Uh, her doctor didn't believe that because she's showing symptoms and it's, it's, it's been, been a week, over a week, and she doesn't believe it's the flu and she believes it's, uh, it's COVID-19. So she's treating her as if she has COVID-19 and, and, and uh, she, she told her that tests are, are given uh, or have, have been about 30% uh, testing kind of false negative. Um, yes, and it, which is kind of, scary also in itself. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So back to the symptoms for a second. You said that the, um, we would talked offline a bit about the symptoms. I don't remember you mentioning uh, fever and sweats and stuff. Did you get that? The first week was low grade temperature, right? Oh, right, okay. Probably about, didn't, didn't cross 100. Uh, it wasn't until the second week, right? So, so, as I said, back to the timeline, so kind of like uh, Wednesday, the, uh, uh, the I believe it was the 25th, right. and, and the that's that's when I got tested. Uh, I got the results two days later on on, on Friday the 27th, and uh, it it came back positive. Uh, so um, uh, immediately, I went under quarantine. The whole family went under quarantine. Each one of us lived in a separate area of the house, um, and uh, it was um, it was hard, mostly hard for my wife because she had to kind of you know make the food, make sure that uh, you know everything is sanitized and, and taken care of, and she's leaving the food outside the door and not trying not to touch anything. So that that was the hardest part for two weeks for for all of us. Uh, the um, but the second week, starting that that second weekend. Uh, that's when I started getting a uh, higher fever. It started crossing 100. It went as high as 102. And I, that's when I started also feeling the uh, tightness in the chest. And that's when things kind of started going, going downhill because uh, I, got, I got stressed out over it. I mean, I was panicking, right, because I didn't want to go to the hospital. I was trying to fight as much as I can not to go to the hospital. Um, my doctor at that time uh, started uh, started doing uh, what what they call tel- telemedicine, right? So they she she started um, calling me every day, setting up this video call, and uh, going through uh, kind of like examining me, asking me questions, making sure that things are are going okay. The one of the things that we uh, we were lucky. Uh, I thought about getting one of these oxygen saturation oxygen saturation meters, and we found one that uh, is, that, is that a clip on the finger? 
Actually, yeah, I have I have it right here. It's it's one one of these things in here, and you just put your put your fingers in in one end, and it's yeah. that's kind of showing you the um, the uh, the saturation and the uh, the pulse, which was good because I wanted I you know I was feeling the tightness in the chest, but I didn't want to get you know scared that I go to the emergency room. I wanted some kind of number that I go by. And my doctor said that was, that was a good thing because the, the magic number is, is kind of like 90%. You don't want to go below 90%. Explain 90%. 90% oxygen, 90% what? Capacity? 90% oxygen saturation in your, in your blood. Okay. So uh, I've had in my life, I'm trying to relate to this and I know people are going to have questions and so I'm trying to ask questions for them too. Uh, I've had in my life maybe two, what I could best describe as panic attacks where I, I had trouble breathing. They were separate and apart. Haven't had one for a long time. Don't even know what brought them on. I must've been having some stressful things going on in my life. It is terrifying when you can't breathe. It is. What are you saying that with this number, because, because it's a head game, once you realize you're having trouble breathing, you go into panic mode, which causes more breathing problems. That's but right. This number was a way of rooting you in reality. Yes? Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that helped a lot because, I, I mean, I've had panic attacks too in, in my life more than twice, and, um, and they, they are not fun. Uh, and so, so this, you know, just the thought of, 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 you know, the, you know, that you can't breathe. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I, I tried to get out of my doctor. It's just like, okay, what, how would you define when do you go to the emergency room or the hospital? And, and one of the, one of the things that they mentioned to me is just like, okay, if you get out of bed and you wanted to go to the bathroom and can't make it to the bathroom, that's an indication that you need to go to the emergency room. Because and I thought you physically don't have the stamina or the wherewithal or the breath to, 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 to walk a few steps. Correct. Okay. And I never had that trouble, but I can feel the tightness in my chest. And I, and I, uh, again, with, with the, with the, um, oxygen saturation meter was, was really very, uh, helpful. I kept it right next to my bed. It was, uh, a wireless unit. So you can, you can charge it and just keep it next, next to you. Yep. Yeah, and it was very helpful because I can see the the numbers kind of dipping down in the low nineties. I right. would I would try to take very very deep breaths, and um, the number will start going up. Uh, they've used a similar um, uh, technique on mountain climbing because yeah. these guys go on to the mountains where and they start climbing, and the oxygen becomes thinner. Sure, uh, and they panic. Same basic problem, tightness in the chest, I can't breathe, I'm going to go back down, I just can't make it. But they've all paid a lot of money to be up there, and the guides know this, so they run their numbers, probably with that same damn meter. Sure. And say, well, your numbers are good, let's keep going. Yep, yep. Because you I could think. easily psych yourself out, no matter what you're doing, laying in bed at night all alone, which you yeah. were, wherever you yeah. were, in the basement or whatever, yeah. or you're on, a, on Mount Everest, getting ready to summit. Yep. Um, you also mentioned, by way of symptoms, uh, headaches. Oh, yeah. Which you described as the most severe, persistent, like headaches 24-7. Tell us about that. Yeah, and those also happened the second week. So along with the tightness of, of the chest and the, the hard, hard, hard breathing, 
the I think it was that Tuesday, the you know the uh, twenty whatever thirty first. Uh, that was when I had my first headache, uh, and I didn't think much of it until it just lingered on. It it kept going and going nonstop from Tuesday until the Monday after. Wow. And um, that was the worst heading. I, I don't usually have migraines. I, I do not uh, get them. Uh, but um, from what um, was described to me before, they, they sound like or they felt like migraine headaches. And it was very bad. The, uh, as it turned out, when I mentioned that to, the, to my doctor, she said, yeah, that, uh, that's a uh, symptom of, of COVID-19. Uh, the one thing in the back of her mind that was uh, a concern was uh, encephalitis because there were some uh, rare cases where COVID-19 have caused encephalitis in the brain where you had some hemorrhage of, of some, some blood that, that, comes, uh, that causes some pressure on the brain. And that's also all because of your body really kind of trying to react to the virus. So you have these... Uh, Cyto, uh, I think it's called cytokines, yeah, that your, your body produces in order to kind of fight the, the virus or, or the, whatever your body is being attacked by. And sometimes if you produce too much of them, it would cause that hemorrhage and uh, it, it, it would cause the pressure on the brain and, and then the encephalitis and the, 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 uh, um, the headaches is, is a, a, a result of that. Um, so, uh, they, so she was constantly every day when she was calling me, when I was complaining about my headaches for that, during that second week, uh, trying to do the neurological kind of exam and test me if I was, um, I was showing any sign of, of, um, encephalitis and, uh, you know, kind of like the balance of walking, the, the neck, uh, the flexibility of the neck, um, you know, that's the, all, all of these things were kind of neurological signs that I could have had another problem, which would, would, would mean also that I had to go to the hospital. Right. Uh, but uh, luckily, there wasn't any kind of sign of, of imbalance uh, or couldn't walk or any pain in my neck or stiffness where I couldn't move my head. She had me kind of do my, go my head sideways and up and down. Um, and um, you know, balance my arms in front of me while my eyes are closed. All these kinds, just to make sure that I didn't have any uh, neurological uh, issues. Now, were you taking any uh, meds, uh, Tylenol, ibuprofen, aspirin? What do you take for What do you take for COVID nineteen? Yeah, so so um, that's a, a very good question because. Uh, Apparently, you're not supposed to take any of the uh, ibuprofen or any of the NACIDs. Uh, Tylenol was the only thing that you, you should be using to, um, according to my doctor, to, to kind of control the temperature, okay. uh, fever. Uh, the, um, when I had the headaches, uh, my doctor wanted to put me on some uh, narcotics. And I kind of didn't want that either because I, of the opioids and everything else. But uh, I, I wanted to kind of stay on the Tylenol and see if it can at least take the edge uh, off. Uh, but it was hard, at, uh, especially after the second and third day. Yeah. So I, I ended up taking the uh, narcotics that she, she just prescribed me very low dosage uh, of uh, Tremadol. 
and uh, that's like 50 milligrams and uh, that helped take the edge off yeah much better than the Tylenol people say that nighttime is the worst would you concur I would yes what is it about nighttime I'm not sure. I think uh, I think in in the morning uh, you probably wake up after you sleep. If you can get some sleep, you uh, you are uh, resting maybe or have have rested and have some more energy and maybe you can go through. A, uh, it'll help you go through the day. But by the end of the night, maybe you just like just had it, right? I don't know. For sure, um, uh, I can't. Think. About the sleeping on the stomach—that was a real find for you and and others. I've heard this. Yes, so that that helped with the tightness of the chest. Uh, I, uh, the my doctor had uh, had mentioned somebody when uh, in uh, St. Joe. I the, my doctor is St. Joe doctor, and she. Um, she said that she had uh, uh, gotten some some feedback from some of the ICU doctors that uh, sleeping on the stomach helped kind of reduce the tightness in the chest, and um, so I started doing that. I, I it's kind of hard to kind of sleep on your on on your chest when uh, all night long. Uh, uh, well, maybe somebody some people can, but I I couldn't. Uh, uh, I, I usually move a lot at night my, myself, and right. I would start out on, on my chest, and I, I would turn and turn. But during my during the day, when I was awake and I can't control it, I try to kind of sleep on my stomach as much as I can. It it does help. It uh, and the explanation to for that is just like it uh, it kind of helps expand your your lungs, kind of like in your rib cage, and it kind of opens them up a little more. Yeah. And the pressure and watching a video of a doctor explaining uh, why this is true. And he said, well, the rib cage protects the uh, lungs, but there's not that similar protection in the back. So when you lay on your back, you actually are pressing down on your lungs and you need all that real estate when you can't breathe. So by moving down onto your belly, uh, lungs, which I didn't know this, they go all the way up almost to the collarbone and all the way down to your belt line. Long, mm. really long mm. and uh and it just helps you get you that much more real estate i guess so that you can be comfortable at night yeah and that's that, that definitely yeah that, that explanation i mean it makes sense and and it, it helped for sure okay yeah. let's talk now about uh what's going on because uh, although i was as your friend i'm intensely interested in your recovery and your good health uh, you're part of a microcosm of this giant monster called COVID-19. Uh, we're well into it now. It's, as we mentioned earlier, it's April 16. Yep. There are over 2 million uh, active cases globally, uh, 671,000 in the United States. The curve is still going like this. <laughs> you know, it's interesting how many, how few people seem to understand math and how it works. Oh, exponential means uh, it's, it's like Greek for really fast, everybody. So when we talk about ex exponential growth, what a lot of people are doing, Sam, they're looking at, the, um, at the, uh, how many cases were added, say, since yesterday. But that's addition. Exponential growth is multiplication. It's a much different curve. And that's why the social distancing has some values, because if we can get people to stop from spreading it. So it's not medicine. It's not testing, at least right now. And it's not a vaccination that's going to pull us out of this. It's that distance uh, combined with time. Uh, based on everything that you're learning, would you agree or do you have a different viewpoint? Uh, 
For, for for now, yes, with the, with the lack of vaccination and 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 uh, any other solution for it, that that seems to be the uh, the best way to to stop the spread. So, um, what do you think about this this uh, this now? We're bumping up at public health versus private practice. People deciding for themselves. Well, no, we've done this long enough. I need to get back to work, or we need to open up. Open up the country is the big phrase we're hearing everyone using. Uh, if politicians do too much, they're criticized for that. If they don't do enough, they're criticized. Yeah. What's your viewpoint now, based on having having gone through this and the terror of it, and the and, and really seeing this at ground zero? Uh, and I don't mean to politicize our conversation here, but it has other ramifications: politics, economics. Where is your head now that you've now that you've actually recovered from COVID nineteen? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I've, I've, uh, the the two and a half weeks that I uh, suffered uh, from from this illness, uh, it was not fun. And I I am a a healthy guy. Uh, don't have any underlying diseases or anything like this. So I exercise. You're high risk based on your age and, and health background. Right, and I was exercising every day. Eat right. Don't smoke or or vape or do anything. Right. Yeah. And it knocked me out. It took the wind out of my sails. So I can imagine how hard it is for somebody that is older or somebody that has an underlying reason or or, or medical reason that that, that it just it, it's scary. It yeah. you we we you could uh, die or have have some really serious medical conditions. So it's the price that we would have to pay, and and people have to to understand that. As the uh, if if uh, we want to open up the country so that we can improve uh, the the economy, I'm all for improving the economy, but at what price? Yeah, uh, you know, it's interesting too that um, the it seems to me like a lot of the people that are uh, thinking that we should uh, abandon abandon the uh, protocol and get back to work. Uh, none of them have been sick, certainly, because if they had been sick, they would understand the, the terror. Yes. Uh, and they haven't lost anybody. Um, so it's like, um, and I don't wish that they would lose somebody or get sick, but how, how can we help people understand, you know, the reality of the situation? And by the way, uh, for the cynics watching, and I know we're going to get some comments on this. Yeah, Sam had, Sam was down for two weeks and yeah, that's the price we pay. And he didn't die, did he? And all those things we're going to see in comments, all met with love, I'm sure, Sam. <laughs> uh, uh, but the thing is that to have this many people sick at the same time is the, is the game changer, right? This is not the regular flu. Yeah, a lot of people get sick. A lot of people die from the flu. If one more person compares how many people die from the flu to this COVID-19 thing, that's not what we're comparing. That's apples to oranges. It's right. when everybody gets sick at the same time that causes problems. A absolutely, and 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 we we like here in Michigan again. We we got close to that where hospitals were at capacity, right? Yep. And I, I can tell you it, the the uh, there is a, a an example that happened right in in my family too, where uh, my my wife's uncle is is suffering from from a. Uh, a, a severe uh, stage four cancer and he was scheduled to go uh, uh, in, in surgery and they had to postpone his surgery four times he still he still can can go under the surgery because of the capacity problem 
he can't get even a stress test done at, at the at the hospital because uh, it took it took uh, you know going through hoops to, to get a stress test done because he needed to have that before the surgery so it's it's really what you're talking about is is creating that stress on the whole medical system that is not just the people that have COVID-19, but people or could be at risk with the, or that, or that contracted it or whatever. But it's also all these other people that need the surgery and it's life-threatening that now they have to, to pay the price for it too. Yeah, it sounds like your relative's situation is, is life-threatening. It is. Serious, and he's been postponed four times. I'm also thinking about people who had because um, I don't know exactly know what elective surgery is. I think elective surgery, and I think about, you know, uh, plastic surgery to, you know, pull your skin back on your face or something. But what about people, for example, that had colonoscopies scheduled because the doctors were keeping an eye on something that looked like it was precancerous? How much longer are they going to live possibly with cancer going to work on their colon every day? Right. Now, what are the ramifications of this? We're both uh, members of Troy Rotary in Michigan, everybody, and one of our fellow Troy Rotarians, Scott Harrell, is a funeral director at, uh, here in town. He was just on the news today, interviewed by one of the TV stations, Sam. I posted it in the club Facebook oh. page. Okay. Uh, and they're starting to stack up. You know, we, we're seeing terrible pictures of uh, people's bodies being stacked up in storerooms and, and refrigerator trucks outside, you know, in hospital loading zones. So this is the kind of thing that we're just not prepared for, uh, but I see us getting uh, more prepared for stuff like this in the future. Yeah, ab absolutely. I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, you, you asked earlier about kind of like what, what is the solution and what, what, what can we do? I mean, because uh, again, you know, people want to get back to, to their normal life, whatever that, that, that new norm is going to be. Yeah. But I, I think the, the, there is a way that a lot of people now that uh, that are recovering, like myself, and and uh, 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 hopefully we can get this uh, this antibody test um, uh, spread. Uh, you know, have enough of it going going around so that we can test people. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm planning on on donating uh, uh, my my plasma um, uh, right away so that uh, we could we could start helping other people. And I think we, there are a lot of people like myself that probably will do that, and and, and we can gradually kind of start bringing the, the the country back to to normalcy, whatever that whatever that is again. You know, and and I, I think you know people then have recovered, people that got tested, and they have the antibody because maybe they showed some symptoms, but but they 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 didn't really kind of didn't affect them too much. All these people, and there's a good number of them, can start going back. Yeah, you know? and and the the ones that have underlying reason and and they are at risk or high risk, uh, I think those those should should be very careful going back or or not go back at all. And try to work from home as much uh, as possible until a vaccine is, is discovered. Because, the, again, the price that we have to pay is you're going to pay the price with your life. And so, is that a choice that you want to take or make? Yeah. There's been a lot of talk about the right way, the right way to bring the economy back. And uh, I'm, I'm distrustful of anybody that seems like they have all the right answers the first time we go through something. It doesn't seem possible. Right. Um, but staging it seems to make sense. Um, I think a lot of people that want to go back to work and, I, and I'm like, well, wouldn't it be interesting if you worked really hard to get your business up and running and nobody came in That's because true. you were too early or because people didn't feel safe. 
Uh, I'm, uh, as a professional speaker, I can tell you, I've had dates canceled in, uh, for October and November. Wow. And we're talking about losing the entire baseball season. The mayor of Los Angeles said he doesn't see uh, concerts or anything like that happening in the rest of the year, the balance of the year. So um, uh, I encourage everybody to have some patience here. And I know you're all thinking, yeah, I've been patient and I'm done being patient. But, you, you know, science doesn't care what you think, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we have to figure this out and do what's best for everybody. And I don't pretend to have all the answers. But I hope by speaking with my friend Sam, somebody that's actually recovered from the illness just recently, uh, that you've got a better perspective about what's ex what exactly is going on. Not what approximately is going on, but what exactly is going on. Yes. Sam, uh, where are you on the scale of uh, 1 to 10? Are, are, are you 100%, 90%, 80%? I, I would say 90%. I, um, I still feel the tightness of the chest uh, very, very um, like if I, if I have to, to talk for, for a little too long, I have to stop mid-sentences and take a breath. I, I tried to take a walk on last Sunday. And um, I, as I said, I usually exercise every day. I, I tried to take like a couple mile walk around the subdivision here. The, the last half mile was, was a, a stretch and I, I could feel it. Uh, I was breathing heavy and I, um, you know. Uh, I know that you're back to work now. You're feeling better. You're uh, yes. quasi quarantine now with your beautiful family. I'm getting a sense you might be at a stand up desk right now. Is that true? I am at a stand up desk. Yes. I, I usually, uh, so glad you're up and about in a literal sense. Yes. Um, well, I love you, man. I'm so glad that you're feeling better, and uh, welcome back. Thank you very much, Michael. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully this, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned to you uh, earlier, Michael, this, I, when, even before I uh, had uh, the, the sickness, uh, and I, I wondered what does it feel like uh, you know, from, from a survivor point of view. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that this had, had helped uh, answer some questions and uh, and, and have help, help some sure people. It will. Thank yeah. you very, very much. I appreciate you. Stay well, man. I hope to see you soon, okay? Thank you, Michael. Appreciate okay. it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh,